0: Friday, August 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. North of the border, Hoynes, he uh, made it across. He's in Canada uh, with most of the Guardians. Uh, James Karinchak, the only exception not there, uh, in Toronto for this weekend series with the Blue Jays. The first place Guardians, uh, first place by a game and a half, their biggest lead in the division uh, uh, all season after a comeback well actually uh, uh after surviving a uh, series finale in Detroit where they had the lead gave it uh you know the the tigers came back and tied it late uh and then uh, the guardians really relying on their bullpen uh came through and, and won 4 to 3
1: yeah joe another extra inning win um they're 9 and 2 in extras this season um and really uh, Carl Willis and uh, Terry Francona had to mix and match w- uh, with their bullpen late um, after really Zach Gleesegg's best start in weeks. Uh, you know, th- the game before, they got five scoreless innings out of their uh, pen. And really, you know, Emmanuel Class A wasn't available, Karen Cech wasn't available. So uh, he goes to Hedges, Stefan. Uh, uh de los santos and brian shaw comes riding out of the uh, bullpen in the tent to get his first save of the season and joe is there anything this guy can't do he opens he pitches middle relief he pitches late relief and now he's closing uh,
0: i think you know if you took a poll of the uh the guys out there in the bullpen obviously uh emmanuel Classe should should get some sort of consideration for a postseason award. But if you look at the the heart and soul and who the, the MVP right now out there uh, in the bullpen is, it's gotta be Brian Shaw just for his ability to pitch in a, a variety of different ways. And just the, the, the unselfishness of his, his, his game, uh, you know, you know, class A, what leads the league 20, 26, 27 saves, 26 uh, saves, 26 saves. I mean, that's, that's impressive, but, but uh, you know, Brian Shaw coming in there and, and, basically doing anything that's asked of him. Uh, it's, it's pretty crazy that he's doing that in a, in a bullpen full of basically young pups.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, I like what uh, Francona said yesterday, uh, you know, in a situation like that in the 10th inning uh, they've got a one run lead, thanks to Oscar Gonzalez. And um, you know, you need somebody to calm things down. And uh, you know, he went to the veteran, And, uh, you know, Shaw, you know, admittedly hasn't been having his greatest season, but he wanted someone to calm things down. And uh, Shaw did it and retired the side in order, the top of the Tigers lineup in order two strikeouts for the save. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, a satisfying sweep. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, like you said, just, you know, kind of an impressive performance by Shaw
0: you know, if Eli Morgan hadn't made everybody nervous at the end of the game, uh, on, uh, on Wednesday, and then maybe Emmanuel Classe is available in that situation to come in and, and close it. But, uh, but he wasn't, he had to come in and work on Wednesday. So he had, you know, Tito, you know, being smart, trying to manage his innings, not wanting to pitch him three games in a row. Uh, Karen check, uh, you know, maybe he had also worked, uh, you know, back-to-back games and, you know, maybe you you might might try to squeeze an inning or or, or something out of him there, but uh, you know Shaw was your best available option for the for the time, and and he came through. Uh, you know, it, it's it's against the Tigers, so it's not like you're doing it against a first place team. But uh, anytime you're you're picking up a major league save, that's that's pretty impressive. That bullpen, like you said, over the last two days, really sort of pieced together and and got the the Guardians uh, you know two wins there. That, that really, you know, the offense didn't show up after the first couple of innings in both games.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, what they go, they went 20 in, in Wednesday's uh five to two win, or uh, I, I should say, uh, yeah, uh, th- yeah, the three to two win Wednesday. Uh, they went like 20 straight outs. I mean, uh, they, after score, you know, taking a three three nothing lead in, in the first two innings, they were shut down, but they didn't score again, and uh. You know, uh, Francona was saying, uh, you know, the that uh, the strong starting pitching over the last uh, three or four games really was able to keep the bullpen fresh and, and allowed them to do what they did the last two games. Joe, in the last four starts, uh, Quantrill, Quantrill uh, McKenzie, Bieber, Savali, and Plesak have allowed three runs in 31 and a third innings. So you know that's that's a pretty good run right there, and you know they're going into Toronto now with their three top guys, um, you know Quantrill, McKenzie, and Bieber ready to go against uh, you know a really tough uh, Toronto team.
0: Right, and Toronto's suffered some some big time injuries. They really don't have a a rotation that's that's set. They've got two unknown uh, you know starters for for Saturday and Sunday. I, I don't know if they've they've announced their their rotation yet, but. Uh, all of that adds up to Cleveland being in first place. A game and a half up because Minnesota didn't play uh, on Thursday. Uh, Minnesota now in uh, Anaheim. Uh, they will be taking on the Angels uh, while, you know, in scoreboard watching while the, uh, the Guardians are playing in Toronto. Uh, this, is a, this is an opportunity here. If you can take two of three from Toronto, you pretty much guarantee yourself uh, coming back home in, in first place.
1: Yeah, definitely. This is uh, you know, they they did what they should have done in in Detroit. You know, I mean, if you take 2 out of 3 that's good. Take, you sweep the series that's even better. Uh, now uh you've got a chance against Toronto. You know, you played well against them early in the season in Cleveland and uh we'll see what, you know, Toronto's got a lot to, you know, they they're playing for the wild card here too. They're in, you know, they're in pretty good pretty good position in the wild card race, but uh, it's not going to be easy. For sure. And, uh, you know, you look at the, you look at the top three teams in the central, Joe, um, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the guardians have won five straight and uh, seven and three in their last 10. Uh, The twins have lost three straight four and six in their last 10 and the White Sox. Have lost two straight and are five and five in their last ten, so it's still a real a pretty close race.
0: Yeah, it's a, a, and you've got more than a you know maybe a month and a half to to sort of get things headed in the right direction. But you also look ahead at the uh, at the remaining schedule, and it it's it's pretty favorable for the Guardians, especially sort of end loaded there when you're playing Kansas City six times in the final week of the season. Uh, you you kind of look at that and and think to yourself, there's an opportunity there. Uh, but you do you, you come home next week and it's uh, it's your last time uh, facing Detroit this season, I, I, I believe. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, you know, you got to make hay where, where you can in, in, in that regard. Uh, the the offense, you talked about it sort of disappearing there after the uh, the first couple of innings. But in those first couple of innings, the last couple of days, it's been the top of the order. It's been Stephen Kwan. Uh, Ahmed Rosario again contributing. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez coming up with a couple of big hits on Thursday. Uh, what are we seeing out of particularly Quan? Quan comes out there and Jacks a home run, and then he goes and he makes a, uh, you know, a crazy sliding attempt at a foul ball and crashes into the wall. And you're thinking, you know, uh, you know, don't be dinged up too much. Uh, Tito said he he's he's wanting to get Quan off of his feet maybe a little bit because he's played a lot of innings as a, as a rookie so you've got Will Benson there maybe you can move some things around uh but, but what do you think of of Quan just recently another uh, multi-hit game uh yesterday
1: yeah he's he's really having a great season joe as uh as police act said quan is the dude he's <laughs> uh you know he's he's got to get some consideration for in the rookie of the year balloting and uh he's just kind of making this this whole lineup go he sets the scene he he takes a lot of pitches Right now, he's he's on pace to have the most hits by a, a Cleveland rookie since Kenny Lofton's rookie year in uh, 1992. That's about 155 hits. Uh, so you know, Quan is Quan is rolling.
0: Yeah, he he really is sort of that spark, that that engine that that gets things going at the top of the lineup. And uh, you just it's it's hard to to find something you don't like about his game right now. Uh, it's tito's had guys of, of of smaller stature that have produced big time for him before dustin pedroia uh, a guy that uh, that that stands out uh you know i i don't think the the eye test really matters right now with with Quan. he's a he's a guy who he plays bigger than he 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 is and and that's making all the difference right now for for this team uh we, we look at, uh, you know, further down the lineup, the way that these, these rookies are contributing Oscar Gonzalez last night, uh, he's, he's come back off of the, uh, the injured list and really hasn't missed a beat. Has he?
1: No, he had the big hit, uh, yesterday, of course, in the 10th, you know, with a two out hit, uh, you know, with a, to a uh, drive in, uh, Jose Ramirez with what proved to be the uh, winning run. Um, and, uh, you know, that was his second hit of the game and it, he did it against, uh, you know, Soto, uh, the Detroit closer who had struck him out in the ninth inning, the inning before the game before on in uh, on three pitches. So he was waiting for him. And, uh, you know, just uh, he's hitting the ball hard. Joe uh, doesn't look like he's missed a beat and, uh, you know, he's still going to right field. And, uh, you know, Tito and uh, coaching staff loves that.
0: Yeah. As long as he's uh, he's looking to, Control the strike zone a little bit. Look to the opposite field. When uh, they they did say, I when they were asked about Gonzalez, they said, you know, here's a guy who he'll still go up there and and swing hard and look to do damage and, and and make hard contact, you know, until he gets to two strikes. And then once he gets to two strikes, he he opens up the rest of the field and and just takes what the defense or what the what the pitcher gives him in that situation. And it's worked out for him uh, really well so far.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, you know. Uh, Francona has said it's a, it's a mature approach in a young hitter, especially a young power hitter. He's not looking to, you know, turn on everything and crank everything out of the park that he'll, uh, you know, he'll accept that, that outside pitch and, and go with it. And uh, you know, that, that, you know, that's, that's been
0: an impressive part of his game. Uh, Last night, the major league baseball uh, field of dreams game took place out in Dyersville, Iowa. Have you ever been out to that, uh, the Field of Dreams movie set out there and the I I know probably not since they they built the the new uh you know minor league park next to it but the original uh Field of Dreams set have you uh, ever had a chance to to swing by there no i've never
1: been there joe we
0: uh we went on a on a family trip in 2018 and we didn't originally have uh, uh plans to to drive by there but uh at, at one point we started playing catch my son and my uh, myself uh, we've started playing catch in every state that we drove through. And my wife was looking and she said, well, you know, it's only a few, a couple hours out of the way if we, if we drive through Iowa. So we, we managed to get to this Field of Dreams set. And I'm telling you, Hoinze, it was an experience. It was, uh, you know, it, this was before uh, any of the, it got built up in that area before they, you know, built that new stadium uh, off to the, to the, the one side of the field. But you, you pull up and it looks just like it does in the movie. It, 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 it really did. And there was a, there were a bunch of families playing just a pickup game there. It, 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 oh, yeah. no, nothing formal. You just walked up there. You, there was a bat and a couple of balls and, and, you know, we, all of a sudden we're playing like just a pickup game of baseball and, and everybody's cheering for everybody. And even the little kids are, are getting their swings in and having fun. And it was, it was a, a truly memorable experience on that trip and, you know, just getting to play catch. And I'm, I'm even right now, you can't see it on the podcast, but I'm, I'm wearing the t-shirt that I got there from, uh, from the, the site there that says, uh, Hey dad, you want to have a catch? And it, it, it was just a, an amazing experience playing catch with my son on that field. And, you know, walking in the corn and seeing everything there, I can, I can see what the, the, the attraction is for, for people who, you know who love the movie but who really just love baseball and and love sharing it with their family i can see why that uh you know so many people are were excited about that game last night and and you saw a decent game between the cubs and the reds
1: yeah i was i was listening to that game joe uh driving from uh from windsor to toronto last night and uh the Reds commentators, uh, announcers were talking about, you know, what a great experience it was and not just how cool it was to see, to have that game in that setting. And they said they were seeing, you know, they could see the movie set in, in the distance, I guess the, the, they've got a major league field or they, a field built right, right on the same location, I guess. Right. But it yeah. sounded like a, just a, a great event.
0: Well, they opened the, the, the TV portion of it. They opened with Ken Griffey jr. And Ken Griffey Sr. came walking out of the corn and they turned to each other and they said, hey, dad, you want to have a catch? And they started playing catch there in the outfield. I mean, how cool is that? And, and you know, 13 uh, year old Joe is looking at Ken Griffey Jr., his uh, his his hero and, and, and watching him play catch with his dad in the outfield at that uh, at that ballpark. And it was pretty, pretty amazing, uh, you know, fun to watch that. And, and, and it must have been a great experience to be out there. One of these days, maybe uh, if they if they continue to do this, I know uh, there's construction in the area. They're going to build a a like a youth baseball complex out there, uh, sort of similar to like the the Ripken Experience or the um, the Cooperstown Fields that they have, and they're going to build a, a whole new park out there. So I think uh, next year Major League Baseball isn't going to be there. There isn't going to be a game. Oh but, yeah, right. But, you know, since the teams that you are going to be regularly playing there in the future would be the Cubs and the White Sox, you know, maybe there's a chance the Guardians will have a game out there. And that would be uh pretty interesting to see, you know, throwback uniforms on the on the players and uh, you know, the the Guardians and the White Sox playing in the in the field of dreams. Joe, is it
1: play let's play catch or have a catch?
0: Well, that's what did the, you grow up saying? That's the debate, isn't it? I, I I always said, "Hey, Dad, you want to play catch?" But, yeah, me too. But uh, you know, it's it, it, the line in the movie is, "You want to have a catch," and I don't know if that that was a mistake or if that's you know a, 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 some sort okay. of turn of phrase. I'm I'm not familiar with that turn of phrase.
1: I went to I went to uh, went to college with some guys on the East Coast, and they 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 they, they said that have they a catch. Said that-
0: okay i had never heard that before well anytime my son asks if we want to go throw in the yard it's uh it's you want to play catch so yeah uh but you know it's uh it's just it's real emotional uh to watch that and i can understand why a lot of people you know think that that's uh, a a good thing for baseball to, to continue to do you know and we've got the the little league world series going on right now i don't know did you see the the video of the um the 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 Texas team. I think it was a kid from Oklahoma who drilled the the kid from Texas in the head on a on a pitch that got I got out of got you know loose on him and uh, kid went down in a heap. He was down for a few minutes, but he got up. He made it to first base, and the pitcher was was overcome with emotion. The pitcher was was crying out there on the mound, and uh, the batter, the guy who got beamed, actually walked up to him and said, "Hey man, it's okay. It's going to be all right." And he gave him a hug, and that was like one of these signature moments of, uh, of the, the little league. I think every year we see that, uh, with the, the little leaguers out on, out there on TV, uh, somebody does something like that. And it's, it uh, it reminds us, you know, why we love the game so much.
1: Yeah, that was really cool. I, I saw it on, uh, uh, you know, I saw a video of it. It was really, it was really an emotional thing. It was such a, such a mature thing for that kid to do. They got the kid on first base. It was, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't give our, our children enough credit. That was, that was, that was a like sportsmanship, you know, to the nth degree.
0: Yeah, it's real wholesome until, uh, you know, until some jackwad on uh, on Twitter uh, turns it around and says, "Oh man, that's soft. Why is the kid crying on the mound?" and that kind of stuff. Uh, we. It, you know, Twitter is undefeated when it comes to you know letting <laughs> letting people uh, say the worst possible thing at the worst possible time. But uh, it was it was interesting to to see that and, and see the reaction. And uh, you know, hopefully those kids uh, continue on and and get to get to Williamsport. I know it was a it was a, a real experience last year going to to Williamsport for the Little League Classic when the the Guardians and the Angels played there uh, last year. A lot of fun. Uh, we didn't have Tito. It would have been a lot more fun with Tito. I think, uh, if, if he had made the trip, but you know, he, he wasn't, uh, available at the time. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, a, a lot of fun. A lot of things I'm going to be thinking about when I'm watching these little leaguers over the weekend on TV.
1: Definitely Joe, it's, it's always a fun event to, uh, to watch. And, uh, you know, you just kind of marvel at the skills these kids have at such a young age.
0: Yeah. And, and don't forget, uh, you know, when it comes to youth baseball and and, and you know uh, growing up, I, I think uh, Austin Hedges is still the king. I think he, he the story that I did last year. He played on a on a team with with something like seven or eight major leaguers. Eventually, you know Zach Davies, uh, uh, Chapman, uh, Matt Chapman, Austin Hedges, uh, Joe Musgrove, and and a kid named Bryce Harper. You know, joined them for a couple of tournaments. So, uh, all pretty interesting. Uh, all right, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, for this edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, Poinsy, I hope they let you back into the country so we can see uh, (laughs) you next week in uh, in Cleveland. Uh, if not, we'll be uh, we'll be doing this remotely for uh, for a while while they detain you. But all
1: right, Joe,
0: we'll talk to you then.
1: All right, buddy.